This podcast contains coarse language and a brief section concerning atrocities of the Holocaust that may be disturbing to some listeners. Exercise discretion while listening or when sharing with a friend. You are listening to Heal Yeah with Colleen Ziegler, produced by the Lighter Side Network. Visit thelightersidenetwork.com for hundreds of video episodes and podcasts exploring wholeness living, trance channeling, energy work, and more. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Heal Yeah podcast. I am your host, Colleen Ziegler, and today I am in the studio with Emily Caps. Hey, Emily. Hello. So Emily is an independent senior copywriter and content strategist who works for brands large and small, helping to establish their tone and voice, create marketing campaigns, and build their websites. And you can find more about her at Emily Caps with two Ps.com. Emily is also the author of Estelle Burke's 1930s social media story. And this is a social media story all about a Jewish lesbian entertainer in the time of Hitler, Stonewall, and vaudeville. Interesting, interesting grouping there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She, you know, had the life. Yes. And <laughs> you can find out more about Estelle on emilycaps.com as well as her Instagram page, which is the story. And it's the Estelle Burke. And we will post that link Wonderful. on this podcast as Great. well. Thank you. Treat yourself, right? Yeah. Follow the Estelle Burke. I mean, what an amazing story you Thank have you. brought to light. Thank you. Really. You can uh, binge scroll from the beginning or hit it micro story. That's sort of my little hook. Yeah, I you like can that. Do the, uh, the binge scroll, which a lot of people are binging entertainment these days. So why not? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's, you know, we're going to get to talking about how you found all these photographs mm -hmm. of Estelle. But first, I want to get to know you a little bit. Sure. And uh, so if you could tell our listeners a little bit more about your healing journey, you sure. have such an interesting life, Emily. I, mean, uh -huh. I feel like if the listeners could learn about you, we could have like the Emily Caps podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding uh, either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I've been through a lot. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm actually very interested in healing. So I'm very excited to be on your show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I absolutely. love the idea of healing. Um, I'm actually naturally drawn to the subject, uh, because I've had to do so much of it myself, um, with just a super quick synopsis, I, I uh, sort of like at school had the mean girls experience and then suffered PTSD for about 14 years after being bullied. Uh, I think it was the seventh grade and, you know, I, the whole suicide attempt and thoughts and don't want to live. And after, you know, you know, massive antidepressants, anti-anxiety medication, shitloads of therapy and general self-loathing. Um, you know, I, I finally, thank God, got a cancer diagnosis, which actually I credit to saving me. Maybe like it's, I think I separate me from my life, mm -hmm. but it's, it saved me in the sense that, you know, you live in your head and through, um, meditation, I was able to stop my amygdala from constantly firing. And I, I believe, and I'm really into neuroplasticity and brain science that it started, when I was so young and your brain hasn't been developed at that point. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, from there I just saw nothing but, you know, attacks that were real or imagined, but my life sort of took that way. Um, but you know, after the meditation, uh, my teacher even s suggested that my brain was rewiring itself because of some behaviors that were happening during basic yoga and my meditation and, uh, about still wasn't completely, 
healed, healed. But about six years ago, I feel like I had my final, like hit me smacked in the jaw reawakening. Thanks to a friend of mine, Nick, who helped me identify that I was still having some issues that I won't go into, mm-hmm. but he, he literally talked me off. Well, actually not literally, but he talked me off of a, off the bridge as they say. And I had to do some serious examination. And I realized that my life was ruled completely by fear. Mm-hmm. Everything you looking at me, raising your eye. I, I thought you hated it. Like it was just <laughs> stupid. So since then I, you know, been addressing fears one by one and I feel like I'm not complete, but almost doing good. Whole. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm doing really well. Yeah. Thank you. Along with your interesting story and your interesting life, and you're such a creative individual. You really are. Emily has the coolest earrings on right now that she made out of motorcycle. What uh, are they? They're, they're made out of motorcycle. Um, they're so cool. Uh, parts. Because yeah. the, the word is not... Oh, they're gaskets. Yes, gaskets. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know motorcycle parts. Yes. But she's, she's such a creative individual. And that comes back to this Estelle story. And tell us when you first found these photographs of Estelle and some thoughts that you had around them. Mm-hmm. Well, I was out, I just moved to Atlanta and I was out antique shopping with my friend Brian and it was 1998 and we went to a place called Antiques and Beyond on Cheshire Bridge and in the far corner of the last building I mean literally in the last building last corner there were these two beat up boxes and I'll never forget I was like what's in there I felt really compelled to go over there like a little magnet yeah like a magnet mm-hmm. I felt magnetically pulled to her or the boxes and I looked in and I think I said oh my god because there was somebody else in the room and she started to walk over mm-hmm. to look at them too. And as she put her hand on the second box, I kind of put my right hand on the, on that same box. And I was like, these are mine. And she said, Oh, I was just going to look at them. I mean, and I was like, <laughs> you know, like my <laughs> the hairs, the like, hairs raised on your back. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, they're mine. Well, that's so interesting. So that really, you felt very drawn to them. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like this material type of thing mm-hmm. that you wanted. It was like you could see your future. Yeah. They, they were just, I know on, on top, uh, there were just these, there's a series of her with her girlfriends as they're touring the, uh, the, the United States for the USO. And there's this great series of them on Virginia beach and they're all in their bikinis and they all like, to me, it was interesting because I had a bad body type images and like the body positive movement wasn't even around at Mm -hmm. that time. And these, well, Estelle especially was sort of thick and she had thighs and you could see the dimples in her Mm -hmm. thighs. I know that sounds really like, (laughs) God, she's shallow. It's not that it's just that I was sort of, I grew up to believe that that was not pretty. Sure. That's not beautiful. Well, you're also being honest about your mindset in 1998. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. we can all go back in time and in our mindsets, we're different mm-hmm. than they are now. And you're just thank being, God. you're just, thank God, <laughs> you're right. So you're being yeah. honest about that. Yeah. And I was like, how is she, like, I literally, I remember thinking, how is she so comfortable doing that? And all of her girlfriends were so joyous. And I and they all looked fantastic. They right? look fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, it's the war and all that stuff. And so um, that those that um, series was what really pulled me in. And I was like, this is this is a girlfriend story. Mm-hmm. This is a girlfriend story about I didn't know what they did at the time. Later, I was like, oh, God, they're dancers. No wonder they're on the stage no matter where they go. 
there's so many layers that I could keep going on about, but I know we only have a certain amount of time. <laughs> so your first impressions looking in that box mm -hmm. were, was the girlfriend's story. Yes. And then you got the boxes home and you started going through and you started seeing. Yes. There's way more to this. Way more. Way more. Yeah. And so this is, I mean, it's 2019 right now. So this mm -hmm. is 21 years ago. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. And how long did those pictures, photographs sit with you before you decided I'm going to do the social media story. Sure. Well, social media wasn't around then. And so I tried, I really, I thought the, the second major thought was like, people need to see her story. I don't understand why these are beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm also very interested in photography and I wanted to be a photographer growing up, but I just didn't have the skills. So I ended up with my first love, which was writing, but, um, they sat with me for a while. Um, I wanted to get them out in the world. I didn't know how. I initially just put them in like a little cool gallery in my own home and would invite people over and we would talk about them. I remember many discussions around them and who they were, what did I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then um, I knew a guy, um, Ron Hughes, who had this um, photography uh, studio. I was, and he was doing a found photo show and I let him use all of them and he, you know, curated them. So you really gave them life. I tried from the get go. Yeah, I, I tried. Mean, I don't think I did. Well, but... still, I mean, you could have easily found this box, right? Mm -hmm. Brought it home, tucked it away in a closet and go, those are really cool photographs. I'm going to do something with those one day. But I mean, having friends right. over and then having them, like, was it like a gallery show? Like, what like, was the found photograph? Oh, yeah, it was a gallery show. And so I was one of several people who brought their found photos in. And then when I moved to uh, my new home after my divorce, I had really, I, I, I put it up at like a TV room, but I made that my Estelle room. And so whenever anybody would come over, if I had parties, I was like, you have to come into this room. We would all talk about Estelle. Like a shrine. Estelle shrine. Yeah. Or right. like Estelle's altar. I mean, a whole room yeah. dedicated to her is She's, really beautiful. She had so many po beautiful photos yeah. anyway. And so, and, and it was, hard, you know, so anyway, uh, I find myself later, um, I'm, I'm a creative, I, um, I'm working in an ad agency and then I switch gears from copywriting to content strategy and doing like UX, which probably means nothing to anybody, but what that mean, no meant to me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that it was more, um, the different side of the brain, which, uh, intrigued me and I had a good time, but then I also remembered really missing writing. And I went to a friend of mine, Mason Poe, who I, who's like my creative director for life. I <laughs> love how everyone time, needs a creative director. You know, for life. He, yeah. he, he fits the bill for me and, um, we have a, a nice relationship. So I'm always like, Hey man, what about this? And he's like, shoot me down or not shoot me down. I'm just mm -hmm. kidding. Um, but he saw the photos and he said, Oh my God, you have to put these on Instagram. It's an Instagram story. And I was like, dude, no. It's a 1930s social media story. He's like, go, go, go. Do it, do it, do it. And so the... And a the, star was born. And a star was born. <laughs> and so I started like loading them up and I had figured out how much I was going to, like how many times I was going to post. But then I got my second cancer diagnosis. And so that had to be put on hold. And then when I got through all that, I came back with a vengeance. And I was <laughs> like, okay, so this is your time. And, uh, and went from there. That's amazing. I mean, That's I'm fun. just, as you're telling this story, I'm seeing 
you know, the energy between you and Estelle and like you developing a relationship with her, oh, yes. a friendship We're with tired. her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I can see it and I can see you sitting there with the photographs and talking to her or, or doing the social media story mm-hmm. and talking to her. And I just can't help but think about how one, I'm going to sound really cliche when I say this, but I'm going to say it, that you're in each other's lives for a reason, you know, really, that you two have been matched up for a reason. Um, Who knows what the backstory is to that, Mm -hmm. but we could get all woo-woo, but we'll we'll just stick with what we're talking about. We'll just get with woo. (laughs) Yeah. singular. So what are some of the healing bits that you see between you and Estelle? I mean, here, here you are going through your life with several challenges, you know, and, and Estelle is going through her life, not probably getting the proper recognition that she right. deserved. I mean, that's an opinion mm-hmm. that we probably both share. I think with so. her. I think so. And I think that's totally fair based on the photos uh, that I saw because I knew she was Jewish um, at a at a time where there was World War Two was raging at a, at a, a she wasn't like a baby when mm-hmm. this was happening. Uh, she, Roughly how people, old is she in, in these photos that you have? Just to kind of get um, some context around that. I think she's that. like started like a, a, around like 12 to maybe 70s. Oh, wow. <clears throat> it is like her life. Yeah, it's her life. And and that's why I so a lot of times I'd feel so overwhelmed because I was just like, oh, God, what? I'm like, Emily, it's somebody's entire life. Of course you feel pressure. Like, uh, you know. <laughs> Okay, right. <laughs> you know, talking myself off a ledge, but um, but yeah. So, so we, it, I, I say that she sort of came with a national, uh, a um, natural hashtag strategy, given that she was Jewish, definitely Polish, which is where you know Hitler goes and totally destroys well everything. But Hitler, I mean, Poland got it pretty bad, um, and. And uh, then she has no men in these photos that look like they're dating. And so I'm like, oh, I bet she's a lesbian. Mm-hmm. She traveled with women all the time. So she was obviously an entertainer. And she was surrounded by men. And constantly right? I mean, if she's doing USO mm-hmm. tours. Yeah. You're surrounded, surrounded by men. You are, but those weren't her. F- I mean, again, they may, those photos may have um, gone away. And I only got two boxes of about a thousand of her photos, Mm -hmm. but those, the, you can tell like who, you know, what did she take pictures of? And she didn't take pictures of a bunch of guys. Mm -hmm. She, oh, she had some, but they were mostly her girlfriends and her, you know, posing in bikinis all the time. (laughs) So cute. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Please check out the 1930s yes. Estelle yeah. <laughs> social media story. You would just love it. It's yeah. just so sweet. So it was, it, what struck me too is that here's this woman who, and I know it's of the times you don't complain. You always, you know, strike a pose and you have your best smile on. But she went through, given her categories of being a Jewish woman, a Pol- Polish best I can tell. Uh, her last name was Berkowitz. So, um, she was an entertainer and, and, and uh, that in, in vaudeville even, and she had a vaudevillian boss, which adds another layer to the entertainment business. And then, you know, her being gay, it's just, there's, there's a lot to go through and, you know, we forget it's not, it was not easy no, at all. And still not easy. Absolutely. It's still, you know, that's the thing. It's like, it's not that easy, but 
But you take everything that she had and you put it in one package. Yeah, she had so much. You're not much. looking at an easy life at that time. I don't think she did have mm-hmm. an easy life. Yeah. I think she looked happy. I wondered, though. I always, <laughs> always wonder. It's like, what's behind that smile? Sure, you sure. Know? There's probably a lot going on. Yeah. Well, that's where you come in hey. with your historical fiction historical writing. Historical fiction. <laughs> it is not. I'm, I will not claim that it's accurate, but I do try to. I did do a lot of research in history and match time periods and things that were going on at the time to the photos that she just comments on. I didn't want it to become a pro whatever forum. I didn't want it to be, you know, I didn't want people to come to this story and think that I had some kind of agenda. Like I'm trying to be this political person, even though I'm pretty political, but I, in fact, when Charlottesville happened Mm -hmm. in the story, Hitler is advancing and it sent chills through me. I'm like, Oh my God, what would Estelle say? Mm-hmm. This is incredible because I'm in the middle of her story and she's talking about this man that they're calling Adolf and in her, like, and it was just the parallels were just amazing. And I thought maybe I should say something, uh, you know, in Estelle's voice mm-hmm. on these other people's channels, but then it would have broken away from some agreements I had with myself on how to, to do her tone and voice. And also I talked to a friend of mine who's really good about ethics. And mm-hmm. I was like, what do you think? And he's like, mm, no, because you know how it is not that she's a brand, but you know, when brands get involved in some things that it's just really tacky. So, you know, <laughs> a lot of times you'll have brands and I don't mean brands like who are trying to like make a point like a beauty brand. Oh, and now we have a body positive campaign. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that. What I mean is, you you know, there's a 9-11 thing happening and I'm a guy who has a sub shop and 9-11 comes around and I'm, you know, I want to honor those people who are dead. And so I run or, or what, you know, the, the tragedy that has, that has befallen our nation. Isn't it terrible? Of course it is. Uh, and then you put some kind of like promotion with it. Mm-hmm. I felt like, well, first of all, that's just horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never, I, I could never do that. I could never bring her pain into a promotion of a story that I, I truly think everybody should be reading, but like, you know, it just felt really gross. And I'm, but even though I was tempted, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, you're right. It's like, let's keep Estelle agenda free. Right? as much like as possible <laughs> i mean but let's keep estelle <laughs> well i say she's agenda free yeah. but here's the thing when at the end of her story i did it um i started at a point in time then went back to the beginning and then went through the point in time into chronologically to the to the to her last photo which mm-hmm. is how i like movies i love it when movies are set up like that so that's how i wanted to do the story on her last photo, it's of her going into heaven. And I thought that that was it. Like, I, I'm like, I want this to have an end. I need, you know, maybe move on to another project since what I wanted for her, which was a book deal and a couple other things didn't pan out really. It's not too late. When, you know, maybe, <laughs> I, um, but I had a certain thought in mind. And so, uh, but then I, she follows the Holocaust study group. Um, and, 
one day I was on her channel. I never really go back to her channel that much. I saw that they had posted something right before Christmas and it was, it said something, um, Christmas in the camps. And it had a picture of a beautiful Christmas tree with someone in a Nazi uniform lighting one of the candles. And, and I read it and it said, and I had like, the thing is, insane it's like you know you think you know all about the nazi atrocities mm -hmm. you don't there is so much shit that they did that is you just above and beyond above and beyond mm -hmm. it's like oh my god how evil can you be so i read the story and here's where i broke my rule it's it's the, the story is that they had the Nazis put up a Christmas tree near the quarters of the um, interned people, the Jewish people. They they put this kill. I'm sorry, but they fucking put the dead bodies of the men that they had recently killed around the Christmas tree base as if they were fucking presents, and oh they kept God. them there for a long time because it was cold, you know, and they didn't have to deal with the eventual decay and the smells and stuff. But so can you imagine? And I was like, you yeah. know what? Maybe this is the time because I'm sick of this shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna just, I'm, I'm breaking my rule. But mm -hmm. so Estelle reposted it. And in her comment, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just, I'm just thinking for you too. And it, it's, this is of her time period. So that makes right. sense where Charlottesville isn't really of her time period that's true for her to speak out about it mm -hmm. as much as we know that she would but right. i'm not going to put words in estelle's mouth sure but this is of of her time period of what was going on mm -hmm. during her life right so you, you reposted this photo yeah i reposted the photo and the article that went with it and i said uh for estelle um <laughs> you know uh it, up here in heaven and again these are my um beliefs i think that when you die you go to heaven and you don't automatically be this angel mm -hmm. you have a lot of healing to do so and then you move on. And because I believe in reincarnation, I think you heal and then you come back to address whatever it is that you need more addressing and blah, blah, blah. So Estelle in her, in her healing journey sees that there is this person in that photo who is dead now having to work with the people of the concentration camp. Mm. And she only sees it briefly because that's not hers to necessarily deal with, but she sees it. And she says, you know, even now there's still so much healing to be done. And because, and, and I will say, because I, um, wanted her to kind of know that we were there and she, so that she could respond to the comments, she knows that we were there and reading her story, mm -hmm. but she can't really see everything. So when the administration came in and made some kind of kerfuffle about, <laughs> about the Statue of Liberty, she did say, I hear there's some kind of kerfuffle about the Statue of Liberty. I don't know what it is, but I, I really love the Statue of Liberty because when my mom came over, I could feel the weight lift off her shoulders as a baby. Mm. Granted, she was born yeah. in the United States, come to find out later, thanks to my friend Lee, who ended up being her researcher. But I do – it just tastefully and not – Overtly, I try. Sure, sure. So. What are some healing bits um, that you see between you and Estelle? Well, that's a really good, that's a cool question because I do think that we sort of healed together because um, 
One, I as I, I mentioned briefly that I went from writing to sort of a more analytical part of my job, and then I had missed writing. And when I talked to my friend, he said, why don't you do this social media story? And I was like, oh my God, that's awesome. And so that way I got to do what I love most, which is writing. And, and because I didn't have any money to spend on, well, I did, but, um, I didn't really want to spend any money on paid search. So I had to develop a plan to get people to, to follow her and it was sort of my job as a writer because sometimes I'll get pulled into write social. Mm-hmm. But um, when people started following, it gave me I, – I, not only was I happy for her, but I was happy for myself too because I'm like, oh, I'm an older writer. It's a young market. Um, I still got it. You know, Give you a little boost. It gave me a boost in a much-needed one. Such a unique creative outlet. It too. is, yeah. You know, for for those of us that are creative, and I think we actually all are. We all are, yes. To have these creative outlets is so healing. Mm-hmm. So healing. Yeah. So much more than we give it credit for. Yeah, writing yeah. is very healing. Absolutely. Sure. And I think too, like for her, um, what the healing part for her, like she was a she was an entertainer. She and her girlfriends wanted to make so and so's line. They wanted to be Rockefeller, you know, go to be Rockettes at the Rockefeller mm-hmm. Center and all these things. And so, and like I have eight by tens. People, you know, they're all pretty in there. Do you think I can make so and so's line? And it's just adorable. And so when Dita Von Tees follow Dita Von Tees discovered Estelle. And we'll just give some of our listeners oh, who don't know the, how can you not the know wonderful, beautiful is. Dita Von Tees is. Dita Von Tees is a burlesque uh, dancer, and she's quite um, the sensation now. And what she does is she'll do her burlesque shows all over the world. But but the thing that I like about her is that she seeks out talent. And so for Dita to have discovered Estelle, and then everybody who loves Dita then suddenly, oh, who's this person that Dita's following? Which was amazing. I cried. Really big deal in Emily's it's life. It's huge. <laughs> it's huge. And I love her. She's so lovely. You're anyway. just sitting there on your phone and all of a sudden you saw Dita Bontese yeah. is now following well, the Estelle Burke. And yeah. you just were like, oh, oh my God. God. Like, yep. okay, I'm going to come back to that for just a second. Yes. But when but when Dita followed her, it was like for Estelle to have been discovered by Dita would have been, I think, for Estelle similar to being discovered by anybody mm. else in her world, like a vaudevillian guy who could get her in front of this, I don't know, not a rocket or like a yeah, rocket, sure, like a modern sure. day rocket. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so I am at my, this is actually after Dita f- followed. Okay. Well, let me just tell you that. So Dita, I'm like, I'm at home and I look at, and looking at my phone and seeing how many, like all of a sudden I'm like, it says 40 more followers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is what probably is this? after a little bit of a lull. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. like a lull, you know, and I've reached out to Dita. I did I didn't um reach out I had a plan to get Dita to find her because I wanted Oh you did. Her. I did. I had a plan, okay. but I'm not gonna go into it because yeah. it's just it's it's like one of my trade secrets. It wasn't a hashtag strategy, but the whole point was I'm a creative. I can do like I think outside the box or whatever you want to call it. I did this thing. And that worked. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like real happy about that because I'm still, oh, I'm still got it. <laughs> so I'm, it's the night of um, the Dita show in Atlanta. And I'm looking and because we were going to the show, yeah. my husband and I. 
and there's 40 more. And I'm like, well, I, I don't know what happened. And then I picked it up again, maybe five minutes later, and there's like 70 more. And I'm like, wait, what's happening? I didn't know. Sure. And then I realized, I went back and I looked and I was like, oh my God, Dita Von Dees is following Estelle. And Billy's like, oh my God. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, oh my God. And just, we wouldn't shut the hell up about, oh my yeah. God. And then later when her girlfriend, um, Lydia 1940s followed, who's a huge influencer in the, um, vintage clothing, uh, audience, mm -hmm. then like 113% growth overnight. I mean, I remember looking at Billy putting down the phone and saying, how many more people do you think pick will have this followed? is so cute. This is so cute. And he's like, I don't know. How about a hundred? I'm like, okay, I'm going to say 110. We pick it up. It's like 225, like just from putting it down and then picking it back, having our little discussion. What a wonderful boost. It was crazy. And, and reassurance for you, mm -hmm. like I, this solid reassurance is like, I'm doing the right thing here. Like I hope so. the universe is aligning with me and supporting me and, you know, Estella's getting even more out there. Yeah. And she has a real... And to the right crowd too. Right. That's a big right. deal because, you know, we all have or know of these Instagram pages that have all these followers, but it's not necessarily their... What do they call that? Like organic following? Like Yes. That she it's had the organic. real... Yeah. Mm -hmm. She had the people who wanted to be reading right. her story. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, because when we started, I thought for sure more people would, from the USO, would want, would be following her. Mm. I got maybe two USO style followers. So I just dropped Different that hashtag. Generation. Yeah. Well, <laughs> is that you know, what it is? I, I don't know what's, I don't know what it is. Yeah. And, and so it would, but the vintage clothing people were really what took off. And so I started doing more vintage clothing hashtags. Mm -hmm. So, which that's like some beautiful clothing and God, bikinis I and know. all that. I mean, that style. And yeah. I know you love that era too, but I like do. 1930s, 1940s style. Oh my gosh. I know. Love it. Love it. Beautiful love it. stuff. Yes. They don't make it anymore. Like they that. don't. No. So let's talk about some of the other ideas you had mm -hmm. with Estelle and her pictures and her story. Mm -hmm. um, you had mentioned a book. Yeah. So I, I really was obsessed with people kind of discovering her in the same way that I did with just tactile experience. And then also seeing the photos, like holding the photos and then flipping them over and seeing what was written there. Mm -hmm. There's a photo of a man being saluted and a three-star general Jeep. You can't see his face cause it's all blurry, but when you turn it over, it says MacArthur, <laughs> Japan. Cause she went to Japan yeah. and MacArthur was there and she snapped a photo. Oh my now, gosh. I, I'm going to, Forgive my friend who's like, yeah, but do you really know it's my car? I'm like, no, I don't know anything. It's just shut up. But <laughs> please, please. <laughs> uh, but, but I thought, wow. Okay. So I'm a big fan of uh, Griffin and Sabine. I don't know if you know those books, but essentially they're, there's, they're like art books that you open and then you can pull out things and look at them and then put them back. It's not like a straight mm. text read. Mm -hmm. So I thought maybe we do an Estelle scrapbook and not all of the photos would be pulled out, but you would have your photo corners that Pearson could pull out, look at them and put them back. Uh, and, and for the Eve version, if somebody's like on their, um, Kindle or whatever, I was obsessed with the idea of having it be, um, linked with like a history channel, because if she only mentions things in history. So if you're interested, I don't want to shove people like, I don't want to shove my idea 
or thought process of what should or should not be um, down people's throats. That's Mm -hmm. not what I wanted. I wanted people to read this entertaining thing about this woman. And if they were curious about these horrific things that happened, like Stonewall or whatever, then if it's tabbable, it could go like to a history channel thing and they could read more, which is an interactive kind of website interactive. So like you have interactive, um, tactile and you have, you know, like the book and then you'd have interactive online or I love it. I think it's a great idea. Well, I was obsessed and (laughs) a friend of mine knew, uh, this guy who's a multi, um, New York times bestselling author. So she said, you should talk to him. Mm -hmm. So I went to him and I was like, Hey man, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And he's like, I don't see it as a book. I think you're going to have a really hard time, but good luck. I think it's a cool idea, blah, blah, blah. So I did my due diligence. I, you know, I looked for everybody, um, all the publishing houses that I thought might, you know, be interested. Nobody really wanted it. But the weird thing was as I was leaving that meeting, I was driving home and I was talking to my husband. I had my earbuds on. Mm-hmm. So I was legal. I was <laughs> sitting at a stoplight and I was talking about Estelle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I want Estelle to do this so badly. And oh, my dreams and hopes and blah, blah, blah. And the light turned green. Mm-hmm. And so I did a cursory look, you know, right, left. And then I start to go. And then bam. And I, I'm like, what is this sound coming out of my body? And why is my. F- Oh my hand gosh. flying past my face and I wake kind of come to and I'm looking at somebody's house and um, my head, my, like I'll, you know, I essentially had been in a wreck <laughs> and this guy was texting and driving, just plowed into me, hit my car so hard. It went oh up an gosh. incline 30 feet. He knocked down a pole. Oh, He's wow. in this big giant Jeep and I'm in my little SUV, uh, my little, not an SUV, my hatchback. Yeah. So jaws of life come cut me out. I'm on the, I'm on the stretcher and they're freaking out because my blood pressure is super low. I'm like, yeah. I got low blood pressure. Y'all need to stop freaking out. <laughs> they're like, she's seriously, she's, I'm cracking jokes. Yeah. yeah. But they're like freaking out. Oh yeah. So in the process of all this, I realized that I am freezing cold and this lady is freaking out. Cause I swear to God, she said 24 over whatever, which apparently is a really low number yeah. for your blood pressure and I'm freezing and I'm just shaking and I'm like, am I dying? Oh my God. They're freaking out because I'm bleeding internally. That's why I'm freezing. And you think of all the movies, like you're bleeding out and they're like, I'm so cold. I'm so cold. And then they die. You know? <laughs> like, Oh my God, I'm dying. This is how it goes. And then I thought, Estelle? I can't even imagine. Oh my gosh. At this point you start <laughs> talking to Estelle. Because yeah. I, uh, she, I was on, she was the last thing I was talking, talking yeah. to my husband about, She's on my brain all the time at this point. Um, and I'm like, Estelle, am I going to meet you sooner rather than later? And, you know, it was crazy pants. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, my gosh. I didn't, yeah. though. I didn't yeah. meet her sooner yeah. rather than She's like, Emily, you're fine. You, you <laughs> just got a little scratch. <laughs> Actually, you don't look so great, but you're not coming here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got a while. Yeah. So now that the social media story is over in the mm-hmm. sense that you're, it's no longer on your calendar, it's no right. longer a, a weekly or a daily update, mm-hmm. how do you continue to support and heal a still story in your life? Well, um, you're right. It's, she's not on my calendar, but I have pulled aside some photos that I think could be fodder for her to talk about 
um, people that she's talking with up in heaven. Mm -hmm. For example, there's one photo of these kids at a playground and they have their little party hats. And she says, I'm so sorry that I called you a dunce because it looks like a dunce. Yeah. She was playing around, but it hurt this girl. She was wounded and she carried it with her. And apparently that's what she was healing with Mm -hmm. this woman who's now dead. They're both dead now. And so that's the story of the healing behind that particular photo, which I'm doing like Ken Burns style brief videos so that it differentiates from the still photos of when she was alive. And are the videos available or are they going to be available when you're... These are little tea tiny videos that that are on her Instagram channel. So they're like little tiny... Oops, sorry, I'm hurting your microphone. (laughs) (laughs) So when the mood strikes, I pull a picture, I scan it in and think about what I might say about that photo. And you get to dress up. Oh, you're thinking of my <laughs> those... author videos. Oh, okay. Yes. I was thinking like when you get the hair and makeup oh, and you yeah. dress up. Those. I don't do those yeah. anymore. I mean, that's fun. That was fun. <laughs> yes, people were asking me so many questions about her in in Estelle's feed that I and I couldn't quite address it as Estelle. So I would point them over to my feed and some friends of mine said you need an author page. So I redid my regular page to be an author page and I would post behind the scenes photos of mm. Estelle at Which is the time. At the Emily Caps with that's two correct. P's on yes. Instagram. Yes, that's right. And um then I got the wild hair to do videos. I love videos. I make videos all the time in my work and I like being in front of the camera. So I would answer people's questions as I'm dressed in the best vintage. And I had my friend Harmony Kubiak, who's a wonderful makeup artist. And if you ever need one, please call her. She did all my makeup for free and just really was lovely to work with. Um, and so I looked decent. And where did where did you get your attire? I was going to call them costumes, yeah. but that's not really what it is. It's They're like not. They're vintage wear. Vintage it's, wear. It's... I had some. Some of them were mine. Um, I used to buy a lot of vintage. Um, I don't anymore. Um, I have a lot of friends who are really into vintage and they're, thank God my size. So I just, I borrowed heavily from my friends. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. It worked out very well. That's great. Yeah. You had mentioned earlier in Mm -hmm. this conversation that there's someone else out there doing a little bit of research on Estelle. Tell us a little bit more about that. Okay. Um, he has some parameters that I can't tell you everything about him based on his job and where he works. Okay. But let's say his name is Lee and he works in a very important library where he has access to a lot of research information. So when I was posting these videos on Facebook of me, not Mm -hmm. the other ones, this is while uh, my author videos talking about Estelle, he's like, what are you doing? That's amazing. And this is so cool. And, and he would add, like, everybody asked, do you know her family? Has anybody tried to reach oh, you? Sure. This, this, where is she buried? I'm like, okay. I know nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. And I will tell you when I first found the photos, I didn't care anything about them because I was so mad at them. I was like, how can you throw away this golden you were so mad at the person that threw the box away yeah or donated it or whatever they did well i'm assuming it was an antique sale yeah 
And I don't have... Or like an estate sale, maybe. I'm sorry. Yes, an an estate sale that ended up at the antique store. And and this was before found photos. Another cool thing was it was before found photos sort of became a thing. I got two boxes, 1,000 photos for just 100 bucks. And so I, I felt like I had this treasure trove of stuff. So I wasn't at all interested and I'm not... I do some research in my work, but I don't want to do that level of detail. And he's like, oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, look, Lee, you just have to be like, I'm all irritated by all these, you know, questions that I always get. I'm like, God, I don't know. And and I was like, look, Lee, you know, you got to be a researcher. And, you know, it's just not like a, you know, a Google search and stuff. Because I had a friend who was helping me and he was do cursory work. And then he's like, I, I don't really think I'm helping you. I got to go. I was like, okay, bye, John. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, but I, I'm a researcher. And I said, oh, really? Like, oh, what? You know? And he's like, no, I work for bleep. I was like, you work for bleep. <laughs> he's like, yeah, dude, but you can't say that ever. And I was like, okay, that's awesome. And so he has found pictures of her in the USO archives. Pictures that you don't have. That I don't have. He took pictures of the pictures. I'm like, oh my God, I recognize those dresses and all this stuff. And then he found out that I thought she was born over in Poland. She was not. She was, I thought she had just one sister. She had, I'm going to forget it now, but I think she had eight siblings. Oh, wow. She had, her father died very, when she was young, which I figured since there were no photos of him, um, they came from an area that was Poland. Although, you know, that area over there kind of switched hands so many times so that we we just call it Poland Mm -hmm. as default. So then he decided to do his own research videos and talking about Estelle and the discovery process. And so he talks about microfish and how not everything is on Google. And um, then he talks about, he goes, he visits some of the places where she's been, like Asheville, North Carolina. There's a picture of her in front of the uh, Grove Park Inn. So he went to the Grove Park Inn and took a picture, you know, a little video there and talking about his own research and how he's way more interested in what the real Estelle was, not my version. And is there places that we can find this or is this all his own personal research? It's his personal research and he, um, you know, he's a single dad, so he only does what he can. And we're sort of like at the end. So he's not dropped, he hasn't dropped the ball, but his Mm -hmm. last piece that he did um, was he found the graves of her parents Mm -hmm. up in Rochester, New York. This is where she was born. Mm -hmm. And he went and took pictures of them and sent them to me. And I gave him something to put on the grave. There's this thing called quiet seeds. And they're like spirit objects that have an intention that the person, you know, puts them. I don't really know how to explain yeah. it. Yeah. If you go to quietseeds.com, just look there. Yep. And they have – it's neat. Um, so here are these spirit objects. I was very much into them. And I was like, I want one made for – a grave that would be very Estelle focused and to honor her in Mm -hmm. some way. So the piece was made and I sent it to him and he placed it on the mother's grave as like, I just, I wanted to touch, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and here's where I try to not cry, but, uh, but yeah, Lee has been very, very beneficial in helping me frame frame her story in reality. And then sometimes he would send me so much stuff. I'm just like, Oh God, this is amazing. But like, unless I'm doing a book, I kind of had to like 
figure out my time and, you know, I've got a job and, yeah. You know. But how interesting to bring that in, into the story, mm-hmm. to bring his research into yes. the story. Yes. And he has videos of his own and they're all there to be yeah. found. So I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, gosh, this is so great. Thank, Thank you, you so much for joining me today on the podcast and, and being so vulnerable and sharing your, your life and, and, Thank you for giving Estelle life. Well, you know, thank you. really. Yeah. Um, I can't speak for her, but you've done such a beautiful job in, in what you've done in honoring her memory. And I think when we honor the memory of the deceased, we are aiding in their healing. Yeah, well, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. She's a lovely woman, and I can't wait to meet her. Yeah, really. And what, thank you for what, having me. One on. day. Yeah, know, one day. If, I mean, just not yeah. in a, not another car wreck, <laughs> please. No, no, race, race. That's that's yeah. all good. <laughs> Thanks for having me. On. Absolutely. So, if you want to watch those Estelle videos that we were just talking about, they are located on Emily's website, and that's Emily Caps with two P's dot com and her featured work. And don't forget to check out Estelle on Instagram at. The Estelle Burke. Yep. B U R K E. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Emily. Thank you, Colleen. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for joining us. The ideas expressed by guests are not necessarily Colleen's personal beliefs. Information received from Hilia is not to be used as a substitute for medical or psychological advice. See and hear more from Colleen by subscribing to the Lighter Side Network at www.thelightersidenetwork.com. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary.